1: Hi, I'm Jay. I'm editor of the EaglesBeak.com, a Palace fan site by fans for fans. You can catch me on Twitter at the EaglesBeak. I'm also co producer and co presenter of our local community radio show, Back of the Net. So you can catch us on Twitter for that at underscore back of the net underscore.
0: All right, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up uh, first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. Jay, obviously, very tough week to be a Palace fan only scoring five at the weekend.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been quite a mad few days. Um, I was on the pod last week and and on Thursday even I mentioned about the, the difficulties we had against Sunderland, a really frustrating defeat, and then we turned things around incredibly within a matter of days to absolutely trounce Newcastle. I mean, really, it could have been a lot more we could have been um, up on them how they went into the lead I don't know um, some of the highlights packages are a bit frustrated with because they started with the Newcastle goal and the 10 minutes before that goal we were all over them I think we had 3 or 4 chances and we really went for them they broke that was their first uh, chance on goal they scored which is just typical and a lot of Palace are saying you know this is Sun, this is Monday all over again but to be honest, we needn't to worry because we were getting around the we back. We're getting through them every time. Every time we went forward, we looked like we were going to score a goal. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we we literally did. I mean, we fought back really well. I think it was within five minutes we were level. Um bit of luck through Macarthur's deflection, but um, I think it was going to be on target. Whether the keeper might have saved it, I don't know. Um, but sometimes you need a bit of luck to, uh, to help you along, and, uh, and that was exactly it. Outstanding team performance, outstanding reaction. Um Pardew stuck with the same 11 which lost at home Sunderland obviously he likes what we have in in terms of that setup. up for me I'd have struggled to have kept punching the side but he did perform better in this one so he was worthy of his place in the end. MacArthur in the middle was absolutely fantastic two goals and there's been a lot of criticism leveled at Connor Wickham in terms of not He's just come back from a long injury layoff, didn't score against Sunderland on Monday, but I think he led the line quite well, other than he didn't get any um, any, any, really good service to him, which you would expect from a, you know, like a number nine striker. But yesterday he was absolutely outstanding. I think he had three assists, he ran the line really well, ran the back Newcastle back line absolutely ragged, um, and he was deservedly man of the match. I know he didn't score, but I think... I've spoken to fans about this since the game, in that you know fans seem to expect strikers to score. And while that's a fair comment, I think how exciting our midfield is. If he if he can hold up the ball and bring our midfielders into play, that was exactly it yesterday. I mean, MacArthur scored two, Balassi scored two, and uh, Wolf scored one. So that is our midfield scoring all five of those goals, pretty much courtesy of the way Wickham played up front and, and holding the ball up. So. For me, it's probably hard to actually pick out one player. Uh, you know, which Sean, but Wickham just edged, as I mentioned, Kabaya was brilliant in the middle. MacArthur was uh, fantastic in the middle. Belassie and Wilf were doing just what you want them to do as wide players. You know, every time I went for every time I went forward. I mean. Uh, I think it's Paul Dummett. His name is uh, the the fullback for for Newcastle. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it'd be it'd be untying himself out of knots uh, ov- overnight, I'm sure, because he he had, had an absolute torrid time against Wolf, and then when they switched sides. Uh, and then Balassi went up front to partner Wickham at different stages. There were so many options and so much movement. And even you know for, for one up, we were we were going for them for more goals, and we and we could have had more. I mean, Joel Ward an effort, had an effort save, Punchin was went close, um, Kabaya went close. I mean, it was and, and Balassi you know was unlucky not to get his hat trick. It was just one of those games where everything happened for us, everything came off for us, and a complete opposite of Monday night where we couldn't get anything right. So. Obviously, very happy with the action, very happy that we got something that perhaps has been coming for a while, that we actually beat somebody. And I'm sure, no matter what Pardew says in his press conferences, he would be smiling inside like a Cheshire cat right now after beating Newcastle like
0: that. Yeah, obviously, Kabai probably also smiling himself having beaten Newcastle. Uh, you had kept a, a few clean sheets there for a while. The defence continues to look to improve, but another couple uh, goals let in, not just this week, but over the past couple of weeks... Is that something that you're concerned about at all going forward or are you kind of willing to just accept it with how many goals you've been scoring?
1: That's a good question. I mean, the, the goal yesterday that we conceded was very poor. I mean, we let jan Matt run um, and he pretty much ran to the edge of the penalty area. And it, it was a great knock to be fair, but he should have been closed down a lot sooner than that, whether we were just caught upfield or asleep you know, some of these goals are a bit frustrating, particularly the Sunderland game, you know, that, that kind of killed the game for us at that late stage in the game. If you're considering the goal in the tenth minute like we did yesterday, there's always a chance that you're gonna come back. But how, how many times do you see it that an early goal wins a game? It happens, you know, more often than you would think. Uh, um just thankfully Newcastle were so, so poor. I mean they they really were yesterday. And I spoke to a few Newcastle fan, Newcastle fans and I, I, it's, it's been a while since I've spoken to the fans which have been so quite downhearted. I, I spoke to uh, a guy that helped me do uh, a preview for the game and said Palace will win 3-0 um, and uh, hopefully that'll be end of McLaren. That was effectively what his comments were. Uh, whether McLaren you know, is, is on borrowed time now or whether he's going to go before next weekend, I don't know. Um, after that performance But the players weren't playing for him Really weren't um, Back to the question you raised I mean our defence has been pretty good Over most season. I read a stat yesterday That we haven't conceded a goal through a, um, through a set piece yet this season uh, Which is Which says how organised That Page has got us You know we are very organised um, But we can get caught on a break Which is what's happened on those, In those last two games Thankfully it didn't affect us yesterday It did big time on Monday Um I think lapses in concentration in a way because sometimes, you know, we seem to, you know, we have a lot of the ball now. Uh, We have a lot of possession, a lot more than we have done in in the previous two seasons, which is a lot to do with having Kabai in the side. Uh, Maybe that's something to do with it, you know, lapses in concentration in that way because we are having a lot of ball um, uh, and not so much being, you know, being attacked or having as much to do at the back as as we normally would do, which may have been the case yesterday. But I'm not unduly concerned um, at the moment. We have got a strong back line, um, both offer first choice fullbacks of back, uh, back from injury, which uh, which only strengthens what we have in the back. And obviously, Dan and Delaney have been immense for us um, the last couple of seasons. So, long may that continue.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned, Jay, the defense not really an issue at Palace. You still have, let's say, I think it's the fifth best defense in the league. Uh, just those one-off goals can really get you, as has happened to Tottenham the past few weeks. Um, but. Uh, Newcastle, also to your point of if <laughs> we could be gone soon, we will discuss later, but their next four matches, Liverpool, Tottenham, Aston Villa and Everton. Uh, so that's not a good run at all. Speaking of Liverpool, uh, Gitto, you just played them. What was your view on uh, Swansea's match against them?
2: Uh, it was not a classic. I think that's fair to say. Anybody who watched the match would um, <laughs> probably ask for the money back even if they didn't pay for a ticket. It was... Um, but in many ways, it was it was quite positive um, for Swansea. It's been a very tough few weeks. Um, everybody knows about the uh, pressure that the entire team's been on. That Gary Monk in particular has been under uh, questions have been raised about his future, in particular after the Bournemouth game, the last time out, where um, even though we came from two 0 down to get to all draw, it was it was a very poor performance. Uh, we were lucky to get away with a point. That's putting it lightly. Um, so, and there were real concerns because. We didn't see any major positives um, on view. It was the entire team was underperforming, and it just looked like they weren't playing for Monk on that occasion. And that's when you start to get worried about about your manager. So going into this game, there was a lot of pressure on Monk to rally the troops and show, and for the players to actually show that they wanted Monk at the club. Uh, and I think we got that. If I'm honest, it, um, the the team selection was a major concern at the start because he picked pretty much the entire uh the, well, the same team that that um, drew impressively against Bournemouth um the only change was serious coming in for John Joe Shelby who is suspended um so Monk put himself under pressure really by picking that team and he really needed a response from him. but I think he got it um things like the defense um it looked completely shapeless against Bournemouth. There was no organisation whatsoever. We got caught out time after time after time. Um, today, actually, it looked very very solid and organised. They sat back, um, kept their focus. Um, lo- they looked as if they were communicating with each other again, which was a nice change. Um, Kyle Norton, a player who I've been very critical of, uh, um, he actually kept was not caught out of position every time. Um, and Ashley Williams put in a real captain's performance. Kyle Bartley looked a lot more assured. Uh, and Neil Taylor, despite conceding the penalty, um, he, he too continued. Well, has actually been a, a decent season for him. Uh, we passed the ball a lot better today. Um, Leon Britton looked about two years younger, um, but the problem—it it would be ridiculous to pretend that all problems are now gone. Obviously, we we did lose the game, um, and um, and that and that was to a Liverpool team who probably were at their best as well. Um, also, we we did once again struggle to create anything. Um, we didn't really have any clear-cut chances. I think again we failed to get a shot on target. But when you've had the kind of difficult weeks that we've had, um, and looking at you know how negative people were in the run-up to game, um, it it was. It, you know, I think I think there were more positives than negatives from this game.
0: Yeah, and I'm sorry that I bring this up every time you come on, but I actually got to see this match in full. And Gilfie Sigurdsson looks a shadow of the player that we sold you. Obviously a shadow of the player he was for you last season. He was dropped last week. Do you you see that continuing? And is that how you saw it? Because to me, he just didn't look the same. A lot of the free kicks fell short. A lot of the corners, one, I think went straight out of play. He just definitely doesn't look like the confidence is flowing.
2: Uh, in his defence for the corner that went out to play, there was a, a ridiculously strong wind in Anfield today, which didn't help the quality mm. of the play. Uh, I think that, that had more to do with that. But you're right, he didn't have a very good game today. Um, it, it's quite possibly his most disappointing performance of the season today. But all season, it's been just a recurring motif. He's not been dictating games the way he should, the way that we know he can. There's no problem with his work, rate. He, he he He's still chasing everything. He's still... Um, putting a real shift in defensively it's just on the ball which is where you want him um, really to be at his most effective, it's just not clicking for some reason it, we were playing very defensively today and that meant that when he did get on the ball there weren't many options in front of him but still it was he, he's just not the same creative influence that we we were used to seeing from him and it is a problem I think once Shelby is uh, back from his suspension next week I, He's probably going to be back in the team again ahead of um, ahead of and, Um I don't think he's doing enough on a consistent basis to merit the starting place at the moment, which is frustrating because he is such a brilliant player, as as you know. Um, and, and we're just struggling at the moment to get the best out of him, but it's not for the not for any lack of trying.
0: Yeah, hopefully he can turn that around soon. Uh, For Tottenham, uh, this week was very interesting. Uh, Mauricio Pochettino, who often lies low a little bit in the eye of the media, uh, was suddenly forced into it, being linked with the England job. Gary Neville wrote an article about how he hopes he's Mauricio Pochettino when he grows up. Something to that effect. Uh, But uh, it's strange that this is the first week in a while when there's kind of been a tactical idea that I think just completely fell on its face, which was... When you saw Mason, Erickson, and Son, thought it would be like last week, Son on the right, Mason up the middle, Erickson on the left, which is how we were playing when Ali was in. But throughout the match, Mason continued to play on the right. And it seemed, if it wasn't a choice, then you'd hope that he would have corrected it, you know, at halftime, at the latest, hopefully sooner. Uh, And if it was a tactical choice, the idea being, we'll gamble on Erickson and Son being so effective in their natural positions that it doesn't matter that Mason's playing one completely alien to him. And I don't think that that was worth it. And I think largely that was one of the reasons we we struggled at times in the first half. Did we have the majority of possession? Yes. But we didn't have that many incisive moves, uh, especially from the right. In fact, the best move from the right, honestly, was Harry Kane's cross into Youngman's son. It wasn't even when Mason was there. And then Mason pulls up injured and, and <laughs> kind of derailed the whole rant because now I feel bad. Uh, but then LaMela came on and created the most chances of any player in that whole match with two in like the 10 to 15 minutes he was on. So if LaMela was fit enough, why isn't he just getting the full start? If Mason isn't comfortable playing on the right, why was he there the whole time? Why wouldn't it be fixed at halftime? Because he did play uh, until about the hour mark in the second half, and he still kept playing over there. Uh, And the, the communication wasn't there with Kyle Walker, which made him less effective. Anyway, the point of all of this is that uh, we came away from this match, as uh, Tottenham fans as a whole, I think a little disappointed. And uh, Gitto asked me on Twitter earlier what I made of the result. And the crazy thing is that we're disappointed, because from just an analytical standpoint, we extended our Premier League unbeaten run to 13... Picked up a draw against the defending champions, struggling though they may be, in a London derby on short rest after a trip to Azerbaijan midweek before a 7 a.m. kickoff for us, noon there. Uh, And we played a full-strength 11 in the Europa League, basically, on Thursday, with Kyle Walker and Danny Rose, the only two, getting rested for that one. But it still feels like two points dropped. And uh, I think that that is a testament to how much we've grown, as many people that are trying to smooth this over are saying. But part of that is because we've seen us play so well. And we, uh, we did definitely dominate possession for this match. And yes, Chelsea only had one shot on target in this match. But yeah, I, I can't help but feel like we could have gotten something more from this match. We had a couple things just slightly not go our way. Uh, LaMela had a, had a little lobbed ball in the box to Sun that he put straight at uh, Begovic. Harry Kane's ball, I already mentioned, sent into Sun, hit it straight at Begovic. Uh, and it just felt like we, we just weren't going to get that, that devastating ball, which Chelsea did. Uh, and Hazard, you know, 9 times out of 10 scores that goal, but 19 times out of 20 in the Premier League, that's not Hugo Lloris who's facing. Uh, and Lloris got an excellent hand to that ball to, to put it wide. So draw feels like a fair result, just can't help but feel like we could have done more in that match to win it. All right, and now we're going to to hit the topic which we alluded to a little bit earlier uh, with the uh, McLaren situation, which is, which Premier League manager do you think will get the sack next? Each of us were involved in some way or another with a manager on the hot seat, with uh, Jay, with you playing McLaren and us playing Mourinho, who I think if he had lost this one, I think there would have been a lot of questions asked, and Swansea with the Gary Monk situation. So who do you think is the next one to get the sack? And instead of us just being negative about it, do you think that that manager who you will name is the problem at that club or are there larger issues that that are much deeper than just the manager?
1: I'm I'm going to go really go for the obvious one. And after our thrashing of him yesterday, I just don't see how they're going to turn things around. And that's Steve McLaren at Newcastle. I do think that there are bigger problems at the club. Um, Pardew was famously hounded out of Newcastle. A lot by the fans, to be fair. If, if you're a Newcastle fan listening to this, then you know maybe I'm wrong, but you know there was a lot of hatred towards Pardew, and you know his time came to an end when fans felt that he couldn't take the club any further and wasn't playing the football that they wanted him to play. You kind of look at the position now and think maybe Pardew could have done a bit better than you know what what they've had since then. It's, it's clearly a club in transition, but how long can the club be in transition? I see McLaren. I mean, he's you know he he, he won the Dutch uh, Dutch division. Um, yeah, he's had experience across you know across the continent, uh, and also you know international experience as well. Albeit you know not uh, not that great, but
0: didn't <laughs> cover himself in glory.
1: <laughs> oh, no, that's that, that's what I was thinking of. Um, covered himself an umbrella though, famously. <laughs> um, I just McLaren for me comes across more. You know, he he's. As, as a coach, but even there was rumours last week that there was a you know a bust up on the training ground last week and you know things about McLaren where he's banned swearing in and around the club and things like that. I, I, I'm not saying I mean, every every manager has their own way of doing things, but I, I just find the position now after we beat them like we did, great for us, fantastic for us, but you know. A club like them coming to Palace, taking a, a lead after 10 minutes, they did nothing to preserve it. Nothing whatsoever. They didn't seem to have any know-how. We just went on the attack straight away, and we got that goal back within four minutes, I think it was. Um, and we went for the juggler after that. I, I know we're you know, an open attack inside, but did they not do the homework and see how Sunderland stopped us on Monday? I You know, I just... I just find it odd, and and you mentioned Kev that they run next run of games. I can't see McLaren seeing those three games out. I really can't because that's a tough run of games for them. Um, maybe they do. Maybe they need a bit of luck. I mean, you know, this is a side that beat Norwich six one, wasn't it? Uh, you know, a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah, and Willardham just went off.
1: Yeah, and and Willardham was a touch of class yesterday, but they didn't use him. They they just didn't, you know, he, he early on he had a couple of runs at Joel Ward and, and got past him. And I thought it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a bit of a rough afternoon for Joel Ward. But after that, you didn't really see him. You know, he didn't really go down that side of the pitch at all. Couldn't get the ball to him. It, maybe, you know, credit where credit's due in that, you know, we we really did, you know, hit the ground running yesterday after the disappointment of Monday. But they were just awful. They really were. It could have been a worse I think encounter says so was lucky it wasn't more really um and that's not that's not through um you know good defending it's really through probably a mayor part than 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 judgment it just doesn't seem like the players are playing for McCarran at all um there are sixes or sevens across the back the back the midfield weren't weren't tracking back um you know, it's clear that they bought uh jack back um back from injury earlier than they expected him to he didn't last the whole game um yeah, you know, he, he 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 battled hard in the midfield, as you would expect the guy, but he can't do it on his own. He wasn't getting any support whatsoever. So I, I can't see it being anybody else other than um than McLaren. I I really can't see him last in the next three games.
0: Yeah, you raise a couple of interesting points there that uh, seem oddly parallel with what was happening at Tottenham the past couple of years, um, which is you see the talent and you mentioned yourself, doesn't look like they're playing for the manager. And at Tottenham, we mm. had that under AVB. And then it continued under Sherwood. And then it continued under Poch. And then we got rid of Baldini. Levy started listening to Pochettino. And he got rid of the players that were the problem. Uh, mm. And I think that that's a very similar and analogous situation where the talent is there. That That is a very decent side. When you look mm. at the players that they brought in, like Mbemba you mentioned in defense, mm. Mm. not very strong uh, no. in this match. Mitrovic we didn't see. But Winyaldum and Sissoko on the wings is great for that level of, of team. And it just it's surprising. Daryl Janmot is a Dutch international. Like, There's talent there. And I know Haidara was growing into the season. Now he's going to be out for quite some time, which I'm sure is frustrating. But the talent is there. There is a problem within that team. Not even that club. There are tons of problems within that club. <laughs> None of us are uh, saying anything to the contrary of that. But I think there there are a few players in that team that have very easily taken control. And whenever anything goes against them, they turn it. And that's what happened with Tottenham, with Adebayor, and Kabul, and Kapoo And those guys was they wanted to get their way. And when it didn't happen, they caused problems. And I don't know if it's as evident there. Because it's passively resisting. Uh, it doesn't look like anybody's even willing to fight for it. But, uh, yeah, I definitely agree that... the. That the team is the problem. So what you need, in my opinion, is a a figure that will go in and just deal with it, like straight off. And you have to be willing to take the consequences. Because Mm -hmm. when we got rid of a whole lot of players this summer, including not letting Emmanuel Adebayor back into the team, which meant we only had one striker, everyone questioned it. And people questioned it early in the season when Harry Kane Kane was struggling. Mm -hmm. But now you're seeing the fruits of that. There are Mm -hmm. no bad apples left at this club. Maybe Fazio, but he works hard. He's just not that great. Um, And so now you have this like family slash team ethos that's all built around ethic and playing for each other. So the players that are playing for themselves, I think, are really the problem at Newcastle. So you need somebody that's willing to go in to tell Mike Ashley to sign the checks I tell you to sign, cut the players I tell you to cut, and then say the same thing to the players, that the players that I don't like aren't playing. And, but that's,
1: and, that that for me is part of the problem. You mentioned that uh, you know telling Ashley to sign the players I want to sign. That's not happening. That that was that was fact when Pardue was there. He wasn't signing the players. Um, they they have people there that scout Europe and France mostly from from what their uh, you know their transfers have been like. But um, it's the same from Lukeran. I believe you know he's not signing the players. You need a manager in there to, that that takes control. And until that happens until they let a manager come in with that total control I, I can't see it changing there were two big aspects for me in the game yesterday and it was very well covered on some analysis on TV this morning And that on two separate occasions yesterday for two of the, two of the goals Yam turned his back on a shot instead of closing the ball down and I think Dummett did a, very much the same didn't close the ball down just turned his back on the ball I mean, as a defender you don't do that you really don't it's just lack of concentration or lack of effort even just to get to the ball and try and block it um, you watch other teams around the Premier League this weekend. Norwich, for instance, today against Arsenal, they were they were trying to shut everything down as quickly as possible. It, you know, there's, there's something wrong more than just you know um, yeah, the, the the team and the club. It just needs shaken up, really does.
0: Yeah. sorry for uh, cutting into your time, though, Guto. who do you think is is about to lose their job?
2: I can't disagree with the two of you. I think McLaren's. Um, I I don't think he's the problem, but I think I think he's one of several problems at Newcastle. Like you've. Covered very very well. I think it's uh, a club that's not really got the right mindset from the owner down, um, and it's just created this quite really lazy culture there. Where they're attracting the wrong players with the wrong attitude. Um, McLaren was a, a poor appointment from the start. He was, you know, he, 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 if you look at his record, um, it's it's a bit of a strange one. I, I never really thought he did amazingly well at Middlesbrough, apart from one. Um, ridiculous Europa League or UEFA Cup as it was then um, run, um, obviously a disaster at England, he did, he did great things at Twente but that, that does seem to be an anomaly um, even at Derby with a, with a very expensively assembled team um, far more talented than most of their competitors, they, they couldn't finish the job and, and get promoted um, so I thought it was a bit of a questionable appointment in the first place and he just, he, he's a typical I think, is he a manager, is he a coach um, kind of personality. I, I Can he really command the respect of a dressman which does look from the outside like a difficult one to control? Um, I don't actually think Kevin that the squad is as good as you th- say it is. Um, I think there are quite. A I few don't think positions. they're great,
0: but they shouldn't be relegation fodder.
2: No, no, they shouldn't be down as, as far as far down the table as they are. But I, I was amazed in the, it, over, over the summer. You know, they spent more money than they have in the past two or three years. Um, but they didn't address their key problem, which for me was the defence. I mean, they brought on Bemba in, but he, he, he doesn't look to have changed anything. They still look short on numbers. They've got no options, really, if, if things are going badly at the back. But in midfield as well, I'm not really seeing a great deal of balance there. Um, and then they've they've spent big on Mitrovic, but still haven't worked out how to use him um, effectively. And it, it looks, whenever he's played, like they're just trying to focus on him not getting sent off. In most games, which um, which isn't which isn't <laughs> ideal, really. <laughs> but um, is an accurate I've,
0: call. They are very concerned about that, and they yeah.
2: should be. Um, but I mean, I, 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 all, I, all I've seen for the match is what um, I uh, saw on highlights, and it did look like well, Palace just exposed every single weakness that they've got. I mean, Palace are a team who um, whose strength is speed, and um, Newcastle are a team who take an age to react to anything. Um, they they're just completely. Disorganized. There's no real sign of leadership, and it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't look like the players are playing for McLaren. Um, the only, other, it's it's strange actually to see so many, so few managers under pressure in the Premier League. Uh, apart from uh, McLaren, who's the obvious choice, I think the only other two that you could see are under any kind of real pressure are um, Gary Monk, who I think has done himself a big favour um, thanks to his team's performance today. Um, and Mourinho, who actually I don't think is under much pressure anymore because mm. uh, they have improved. They they're they're a different team to the ones they had at the start of the season. And gradually, even though they're way off their best, I think the pieces are starting to fall into into place. Um, even though they 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 are looking way very far from where they should be. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the Diego Costa um, incident today. Um, that looked like a bit of a tantrum, really, from Costa. So we'll see if uh, that's another one who uh, Mourinho falls out with long term. But I think McLaren is the obvious answer, like you have both said.
0: Yeah, and interesting that Chelsea have started turning it around when Ivanovic starts actually looking like a footballer again. Um, <laughs> not saying it just comes down to one player, but they have run parallel. Uh, I think one of the reasons why we're seeing fewer names, and I, I do think that was a good point, Ghetto, that usually we have a, <laughs> this is a much broader topic is the promoted teams, where you have Bournemouth, who I think is everyone's luck to go down, with Eddie Howe, who's a young, promising manager that's been dealt an awful injury hand with his side. So you don't look at that as a situation where you get rid of the manager. You just kind of go, oh, well, kind of sucks. Uh, and then they're just bound down. Uh, and then you have Watford, who just recently came up and looks set to have like a top-12 finish, more than a like, bottom-three one. Uh, you have Norwich that have come up, have looked solid. It, Premier League quality, at least. It, that's the compliment. It should be, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, usually, like, last year, dealing with all of QPR stuff uh, and, and all the other recently promoted teams, you have to deal with all of those rumors. And I don't think any of the recently called-up teams have any rumors floating around about them. I, I agree that it looks like Chelsea are turning things around. But this is, like, the third time this season that we've said that. Um so if they do genuinely turn it around and finish somewhere, I don't know, let's call it top 10. That seems very <laughs> achievable from here on out. Do you think that even if he makes it out of this season, that Mourinho's still there come the next?
2: Oh, I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't really know how much he wants to stay there beyond this season, for i honest. He's not a manager that ever stays anywhere for that long, and he's doing a very good job of burning bridges. Um, so... Um, even, yeah, I, I actually don't see him staying there for next season and I think top 10 is the very minimum they'll achieve. I think they'll probably finish in a Europa League spot um, I'm, I'm not uh, dismissing them from the Champions League race if I'm honest. Um, I think that's probably going to be um, very interesting in the second half of the season um, Yeah, I, 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 I think he'll probably want to just leave with a bit of respect regained um, from the second half of the season, but I I don't actually see him staying there for another year. No,
1: it's a it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it, Mourinho? Um, I can't I I just can't see a brand pulling put a trigger. I think it'd be more a case of um, him walking away from from the job. I think he would have a very good point by Guto there, and that you know he gets to the end of the season. He, he hasn't stayed anywhere that long, and. I fully expect him this to be his final season. I can't see him doing much more after this and it here move on somewhere else. maybe it's mutually agreed in the background. I don't know because the season hasn't been quite what uh we expected i know I know he fit or has fit see very well up till now, but it, it seems to be coming to a point where you know whether he's having difficulty dealing with somebody's uh characters in the dressing room, particularly Costa and his ridiculous antics today. Uh, whether that's uh, you know causing problems behind the scenes, who knows? But I I fully expect them to um, you know to turn things around. Whether they're finished top four is is a massive question, I think, and that will impact them big time because I think it'd be the first time in a number of years that they wouldn't have finished top four. I can't remember the last time they didn't finish top four, so um, that will probably have a. Oh, large it was bearing. the year
0: they finished sixth but won the Champions League. So what? 2012? Two uh,
1: thousand oh. Yeah, come straight on Champions League, win that, and, and get in anyway. <laughs> yeah, which actually, good, I mean. so
0: you mentioned, you think that Chelsea can make Champions League? I think that's their best chance. They've actually mm. looked much better in Champions League play than they have in the Premier League. It,
2: it possibly is. I don't. I don't think they'll win the Champions League. But nobody thought they'd win the Champions League last time. So no, who knows? That's right. that's, you just don't know with Chelsea. But um, that that would that would really suck for Spurs if you got into. the <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Again, uh,
0: they changed the rules. They changed that. It could never happen again after it happened no. to us. They didn't retroactively fix it. They just fixed it as soon as it happened to us. And they were like, Oh, that is a problem, huh? Let's <laughs> fix it going forward. So something else will somehow happen. Like we'll we'll make Champions League and then find out somebody wasn't registered or the South Korean <laughs> FA will say that Hyung Min's son isn't actually Hyung Min's son, it's some other random person. And uh <laughs> we'll, we'll forfeit it somehow. Uh of that, <laughs> you can be sure. All right, uh, now we are going to head on to player watch. We're each going to name a player that impressed and one that disappointed in our club's most recent fixture. We'll start with you, Jay. As, as
1: I mentioned in my chat at the start, it's it's quite difficult to pick a, a player. I mean, if I was giving ratings to all the players in that game, I'd probably give majority of them ten out of ten. It's uh, it was such a such a great performance against. Yes, it was a poor team, but you know you can only beat the teams in front of you, can't you? And, and we beat them very well indeed. Kabai is normally the one, as you know, whenever I've been on a podcast, I, I've sung his praises throughout. But he still had a very good game, no doubt about it. But there's, there was just a few players that eclipsed that, um, which is probably the first time that's happened this season, um, to be honest. He did do well in the midfield. He he ran, He, you know, he ran a lot of... Good that we did, and uh, you know, a lot of attacking uh, came through him from you know from his position. But I think for me, and, and and for the pure fact that you know, a lot of people have been critical of the guy. Um, Connor Wickham is a, is the one that I I would stand out from yesterday. He um, created a lot. of space created a lot of movement by holding up the ball and allowing our fast players to, to run onto the ball and it just says a lot when you know we scored five goals and all five of those goals are from our midfield yet we continue to struggle um, scoring goals from the striking position but you could argue that Balassi played that alongside Wickham for a fair bit of the game yesterday so you know he scored two goals perhaps that could be considered as uh, you know a couple of goals from a striking option so so yeah I was very pleased I mean he had an excellent game against Chelsea when we beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge earlier in the season um, it's just unfortunate that he's had um, you know an injury that's put him out for for quite a few weeks but He's back. He, he was back against Sunderland, and he had an exceptional game against Newcastle. And hopefully, that continues. It'd be uh, just a shame he didn't get a goal yesterday, but um, maybe it's just a case if he gets a goal, and uh, you know, he might have a bit more luck in front of the goal. But to be fair, yeah, if it carries on like it did uh, yesterday, then I'll be I'll be more than happy if he creates chances for everybody else to score. Um, a player disappointed? Joe, <laughs> you know I, I can't pick any, no, not one player on the pitch yesterday disappointed at all. I think my only disappointment was not to see Marion Shmat come off the bench. Mm. Um, that 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 was my, uh, but I don't think he's, he's fully fit. So it would be to risk him if he's uh, if he's still not quite there. So um, save him for another day.
0: All right, and uh, get to who impressed and disappointed for Swansea?
2: Um, the defense as a whole uh, impressed. It's been a real problem for us recently. And um, bar one stupid handball from Neil Taylor, um, they did their job very well today um I'll, I'll give special praise to Kyle Norton just because it's something i never do um i i am not his biggest fan i think positionally he is completely inept usually but i don't know if it was Ashley Williams that was keeping him in check more today but he really did look far more disciplined um he, he kept his position um kept liverpool under wraps in the wing uh, in the uh, down the wing um didn't venture forward mindlessly and lose track of his defensive duties um, so it was a much more grown up performance from um, a player who I think is uh, very prone to brain farts um, so it, it was it was good to see that aspect of Kyle side uh, of Kyle Norton's game and maybe it was a, a so sort of reflective of how the entire team pulled together today and said right it is important that we just do the basics today. And that we get those right, and then we'll go from there. I think that was the general attitude. Um, if anyone disappointed, um, we, we've said already about Gilfie Sayerson, and he's just—it's it, similar to the way he's been playing all season, not really clicking in attack. Um, but, but you know, he, he, he works hard and he defends very well. It is just that it's not working for him at the moment, and that's that's frustration. Um, I'll also go for Edda, um He's um he's not doing it for me at all. I mean he, he he saw much more of the ball today, but didn't do anything with it. He's very, very slow, pr- mm-hmm. still doesn't get into any kind of goal scoring positions, um completely immobile actually. Um and it says a lot that you that we were excited to see Baffer Timmy Gomez come on when he hasn't scored since August mm-hmm. because we thought he was more capable of doing <laughs> something.
0: And he did look he looked, a lot better than either did.
2: He, he did. He had a shot from distance, which um, is probably the closest we came to scoring. Um, but he, yeah, he he looked quite energetic actually when he came on against Bournemouth as well. So whether getting to the game dropped is going to um, get him to think a bit more and work a bit harder, I don't know. But um, he looks slightly better today, and um, um, I, I'd be amazed if he doesn't start against Leicester.
0: Yeah, uh, for Tottenham a player that impressed, um, yeah, probably probably gonna go with who I think one man of the match. I, I honestly didn't double check that, but Toby Alderweireld was very impressive. Jan had one of his wandering games that he has every now and again. Put in a really bad tackle on uh, his international teammate uh, Eden Hazard, uh, and a couple times he kind of left a ball that Alderweireld had to go and, and sweep up, and one time Hugo had to clean up. Uh but yeah, Elderworld was very good. Also Dembele again, I, I know this might be three weeks in a row now. Did I mention Musa Dembele here? But he looks absolutely the player that we brought in the first half of the 2012 season, um which was the bail year, and he just absolutely dominated and United were gonna come in for him for twenty five to thirty million and everybody was all excited and then he was kinda mediocre for two years. It looks like he's really, really back. Um, which is incredible because for the $15 million we spent what three years ago now, you aren't going to find a better midfielder than Moussa Dembele on his day. And we always talk about the joke about Dembele's day. I'm not going to repeat it now. Go listen to every episode prior to this. Um, but he is truly incredible and can just dominate a midfield single-handedly at times. Uh, so very, very pleased with how he's been performing. Uh, in terms of who disappointed... I don't think Ryan Mason disappointed on his own. I think his placement caused it largely. Um, I'm going to go with Erickson. Didn't really impact the match much. He was hustling a whole lot. It's kind of similar to what you were saying, Gato, about Sigurdsson. Although Erickson, obviously, not struggling that much this season. Where the effort is all there, but just kind of the final ball wasn't... uh, His his distribution wasn't great. I think in large part that's because he didn't know where his teammates were going to be. With Son and Mason... Being in new places this week with no Della Ali to lay the ball off to, Dembele had to play a little bit deeper to to pair with Dyer since Ali wasn't in there. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe Erickson, uh, not too upset. Again, all of the li- logical reasons we shouldn't be upset about this draw. I just feel like we could have gotten more out of it. So I'm I'm gonna say that uh, Toby and Dembele impressed, and that Erickson struggled a little bit. All right, and uh, since we only have three people on, this is going to be a shorter episode, but if you have uh, any where you want to tell people where to reach you or if you have any projects you'd like to plug, now be a good time.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me on, guys, as ever. Um, I'm Jay. I'm editor of theeaglesbeak.com. Head over there. There's lots of... Palace-related content, but there's also a lot of just general football-related content. We're branching out now with uh, some excellent articles from uh, from a lot of the writers. So uh, so head on over there. You can catch us on Twitter and also on all the social medias, but we're most active on Twitter, at The Eagles Beak. And also a quick mention to the uh, community radio show that I'm involved in. I'm co-producer and co-presenter of Back of the Net, which is a um, radio show for a, a local... Um, uh, Radio um, slot that we have, um, and it's you can get it online. And um, we also have a Twitter account. It's something that we're building, so feel free to have a listen. We're every Thursday at seven o'clock UK time. Um, catch us on Twitter at underscore back of the net underscore.
2: Uh, yeah, you can follow me at uh, get off the wheel in on Twitter, or uh, if you want to uh, follow at the Jackcast. Uh, there should be another episode up at the end of the week where we'll be discussing uh, the Liverpool defeat and the. Upcoming match against Jamie uh, Vardy's Leicester, uh, as they are all known, always known these days. Um, uh, we should be a lot more positive in this week's episode than we were at last week's episode, when we really were losing the will to live.
0: All right, and uh, you mentioning the Vardy thing raises an uh, interesting thing. I did want to mention, Jay. You mentioned on the Thursday episode that uh, surprisingly, football did exist before 1992. Uh, and I and I mentioned that, you know, it was just media obviously trying to big up the match. And then obviously that happened. And you know what happened as soon as he broke the record? He needs two more in order to break the old record. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta sell those finally, subscriptions. It's they weird. finally realized. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at kevroff. You can find my writings over at blog.playtogga.com and theeaglesbeak.com where I will be back this week talking fantasy after a Thanksgiving Day layoff this past week. Uh, basically, you should have captained into Gallo. I don't actually know if he ended up being top scorer, but I did it, and it felt great. <laughs> so uh, anyway, feel free to check those out. I also host the FPL Roundtable, which you can find on Thursday mornings on this very channel. So yeah, thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening.